Is your refrigerator running? Why, yes. Yes, it is. Oh, good. If it wasn't, all your food would go bad. It's Schmanners! I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my love. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I, you know what? Um, I'm doing okay mentally. Oh, good. It's so hot. Physically, I'm very tired. And we've been preparing to move. Teresa and I are moving back uh, to Cincinnati for our oncoming baby. Um, and you know, we've just been packing a lot and moving stuff around and carrying furniture around and it's very exhausting and sometimes it it can make you get very short with people and have bad schmanners and you got to really focus on your schmanners and you're hot and gritty and gross. You can't have bad schmanners. You can't have bad schmanners. My schmanners. (laughs) (laughs) So I wanted to talk to you. We picked a topic this week, um, that I think. You know, throughout time, (laughs) from the beginning of man, no, for a long time, since the invention of telephones, I would say that nobody's been good at it. (laughs) I think that every generation thinks the next generation is even worse at it than they were, but I think a lot of that is like, you know, looking back. It's that thing, have you ever seen that picture that made its way around, like, the internet where everyone, like, is sitting on a streetcar and they're all looking at newspapers? And it's captioned something like, and everybody thought it started with smartphones and that kind of idea, yeah. right? Yeah, I have seen that. Um, but I, It's not a new thing. Just like you said, there have been etiquette manuals uh, outlining telephone usage ever since like the telephones became, ever since I probably there were two telephones. Yeah, I think when Alexander Graham Bell first called his assistant, they got to the end of the conversation and neither one of them was sure how to end it. And they're like, <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Guess this worked. Uh, oh, what's that? Oh, sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> uh, yes, but I, you know what? I do want to give some credit where it's due in my life. I am very grateful that my mother, at a very young age, sat me in front of a telephone and what in that those days were, were called a telephone book. A yellow pages. A book of telephones? If you will. A book of numbers. Outlining the numbers that people answer their telephones to. Mm-hmm. Go on. And she said, I need to know what time the library closes. Call them. And I was like, oh, what? <laughs> but I'll, oh, Mother, I'll just Google it. <laughs> we didn't have that. What? So we had to practice, and she made us practice. We ordered pizzas over the telephone and uh, got um, addresses over the telephone, and I had to call family members and, you know, just to practice dialing the phone and speaking to someone that I couldn't see. It was hard, but I'm very grateful she made me do it. I actually, I've worked uh, two different jobs. Well, lots of jobs of which I've used the telephone, but I had two jobs that revolved. I was a telesurveyor, which was like a telemarketer, but we we're just asking like, what kind of laundry detergent do you use? I had a friend who did that in college. I did training for that for like two weeks and I worked all of three days before I quit. Not because the work was terrible, but because it was all based on like what contracts they would make with the businesses and they weren't getting any contracts. So I'd go into work and they'd be like, yeah, we don't need you and send me home. And that happened three days in a row. And I was like, okay, I'm not going back. Mm. And I also worked at Best Buy um, doing phone sales, which was a thing that Best Buy tried for a while. I don't know if they still do, but I was very good at it. Um, And I was often selling like five to $10,000 a day. How did that go? You call someone and you say, do you need a microwave? Mostly it was like, I would answer, uh, I, I would field every phone call about a product and walk them through it. And I was like, if you want this, we can order it online right now and have it shipped to your home and it'll be there in like two days and you don't even have to come to the store. So basically it was like people calling me and then I would be like on online and like order the products for them and have it shipped Oh, so you homes. weren't like cold calling people. No. Do you need just- a TV? <laughs> 
Do you need a TV? Is there anyone in your house who needs a TV? Do you have any friends who need TVs, please? That's what I was imagining when you said that. No, this was like every call where someone's like, could you tell me about your cordless phones? I'd be like, I sure can. It was mostly TVs. It was I, the one that I always got was, what kind of TV do you guys have? It was like, <laughs> like a lot. A lot we of have times. A, the answer, a lot. We have a lot of TVs. What kind of TV do you want? I don't know, like what sizes? A lot of sizes. <laughs> a lot of brands. It's like one of two walls? things we sell. Yeah. Do you have any computers? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which <laughs> ones? <laughs> and I tell you what, a little trip, uh, tip from me to you. I want everyone to listen to my voice uh, and hear these two differences. Hi, how can I help you today? Hi, how can I help you today? If you smile while talking on the phone, people will like you better. I have heard that. Yeah, it's just, it, like it's subtle, but there's definitely a difference. When you smile, it just makes you kind of talk a little bit brighter than if you have like a flat look on your face and you're talking exactly the same way. It d- it does make you sound a little more eager. Yeah, I think brighter is what I voice it. Makes you brighter. Makes your voice sound brighter, chippier. Nope, <laughs> that's not a word. <laughs> more chipper, chippier. You you feel me? So Teresa. Phones were invented in 1975 by Steve Jobs. We all know that. No. 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 Alexander Graham Bell did it in 1508. No. 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 Okay, I'm going to really try to guess. 18. Okay. 89. No. Oh, too far forward? Too far back? Too far forward. 1862. We could do this all day. It's somewhere in there. (laughs) I've narrowed it down to the 18s. In the 1870s, okay, there were actually two inventors working on an improved telephone because the uh, there were several rudimentary telephones that existed, but they're it, they were awful. They yeah. were hard to use. They were big. They were bulky. They were just plastic cups on strings. You know what I mean? <laughs> In the 1870s, there were two inventors. One, Elisha Gray. And Alexander Graham Bell, both independently designed devices that could transmit speech electrically. So was like Alexander Graham Bell's like way better or was his PR just better? Because I don't know Elisha Gray at all. I don't know that name. Well, so here's the thing. Uh Uh-huh. Alexander Graham Bell just beat him to the patent office. Oh, that sucks. Oh, you don't get any points for being the second guy to invent the telephone. And reportedly, it was a matter of hours oh snap that sucks can you imagine that if you got there like oh actually we just saw this (laughs) (laughs) oh a phone yeah and and there was a a rather lengthy legal battle that ensued but bell won because he submitted his patent first well that is how that works yep yep oh man wouldn't it suck if his like if gray's was better like, if it turned out, like, yeah, but mine, you can see each other through the phone. And I was like, well, you beat you too. I'm sorry, dude. And it turns out that originally, uh, Bell was not trying to make a telephone. He was trying to improve the telegraph. Uh-huh. Because when you have the telegraph, you really can only send one message at a time. Um, because it operates on a single wavelength. He was trying to work on a telegraph that would operate on multiple tones. So you could send and receive several messages according to which tone you you sent it over. Wow. Yeah. Well, he didn't do that. I mean, he made the phone, which is better. Right. Well, I mean, once the phone kind of took off, he stopped doing that because, you know, you didn't really need the telegraph anymore, yeah. you know? So you mentioned the idea of calling his assistant, right? Yes. Well, that happened in 1876. They called from basically room to room within the same house. And he said, could you bring me my sandwich, please? (laughs) No, he said, Mr. Watson, come here. I want to see you. That's it. And that was the first time they ever saw each other. No. (laughs) Okay. No, they'd seen each other before that? Okay. And do you know what... um, Bell suggested people would use when they answered a telephone. What? He suggested that people say, ahoy, ahoy. What? So like on a ship? Yeah. So like if you were doing, that makes sense. Do they have, I wonder if they, they probably didn't have ship to ship radios before they had, but still, it makes sense to me. They had Morse code. 
Yes, they definitely had, had, had telegraphs. I see. Interesting. And we still use Ahoy Hoy today. Um, a, a, the internet says that Mr. Burns says it in Simpsons. Okay. I, tr- I, don't really I trust wa- the internet. It's never lied to me before. I don't really watch The Simpsons. Oh, no. The letters will get... Sorry. Well, people don't send letters anymore. We'll be fine. <laughs> the tweets? The tweets. So then, I, I and this is sometimes on the show, I know the answer, but I ask the question anyways. I don't know the answer to this. Between that and like, like car phones and cell phones and like portable phones. I mean, I know we had like cordless and that kind of thing. Was there that big a jump? From 1870-something to, like, 1980-something? Well, so it started out with the candlestick phone. That's the phone that has the um, part that you talk into standing up on a surface. Yeah. And then it has a separate piece for the ear. Yeah, I think it's what we think of every time you think of, like, a period detective mystery thing where someone's like, hello, hello, I can't get any dial tone or whatever. There's no operator. Right. So then around the turn of the century, um, they started mass producing phones that had both the microphone and the receiver in the same section. Okay. So that was that was like a major development. So that was like the handle phones, right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And from then on, you know, the rotary phone, the touch tone phone, um, the the cordless telephone mm-hmm. are also all of the you know sequential. But all of this was like, and don't get me wrong, there are definitely developments, and but it wasn't like, well, this phone actually does that. Like when you get to smartphones. It's a pretty big jump from car phones. You know what I mean? I mean, pretty much until you get into the personal cellular phone. They're all the same. Like they didn't, they just made and received calls. You even had to have a very, a separate machine in order to take messages. Yeah, an answering machine. Right. Oh, man. That's a thing that will be hard to explain to kids in the future, won't it? Well, we had, well, first I had to explain to you what a tape was. Okay, so we had this thing. Mm-hmm. You put a tape in, and then it would, that would record, but you could only fit so many on it, and then you had to, like, buy a new tape for it. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. There's a great episode of of uh, Still Buffering where they like attempt to explain to Riley like an answering machine and the idea of like if you're away from your phone and like somebody needed to get a hold of you that like tough <laughs> like you just had to go back and check your answering machine and well, they, see if anybody got a hold of you. They did have where you could call your own answering machine. So you could call your answering machine and have it play the messages for you. Yes, but you had to get to a phone to yes, do that. Yes, you had to get to a you phone. You weren't just like out and about walking through the mall and you could check your messages from anywhere. You had to go to a pay phone, mm-hmm. which was a whole other thing that would be hard to explain to kids. <laughs> right. So um, who do you think preferred the greeting of hello? The, uh, there's so many answers to the the operator rich people kids okay well yes the operators uh okay. the women who were employed to the switchboard work, work the switchboards were often called hello girls because that's what they preferred to answer their switchboards with hello to be fair, you didn't do it in the right tone of voice it's got to go like this hello girls <laughs> please connect me with orchard six five one two four no, no, you didn't call. I mean, they were called hello girls. What? But they, you didn't say hello girls. They didn't. People didn't say hello. They they said hello. The girls said hello. Patch me through to Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> no. No, there wasn't a lot of that. No, but that, it was, that did happen. I guarantee that that did happen. You can't tell me that people didn't call and say patch me through to the mayor. I've got important business about Hollywood. I mean, sure. I don't know what this character is or what he's calling about, but he has got important things to do <laughs> on the telephone. Anyway, it was Thomas Edison. Oh. He really was a stickler for saying hello when you picked up the phone. And originally, people were like, why do I need to say anything? Like, because you had the, the switchboard girls and like you were connected that way and... They knew that there was somebody there, and once the switchboard girl was gone and somebody picked up, you could just talk. It was considered a waste of time to even say hello. But it makes, uh, maybe it's because now without the switchboard, it makes so much sense 
because like uh, it's so hard sometimes to know if you've actually made the connection with the person because calls get dropped all the time. The number of times I've called someone's phone and maybe they answered, but they didn't have service and I wasn't just going to start talking. That would feel so weird. Well, I mean, it was often modeled after regular conversation. So if you saw someone face to face, you wouldn't always say hello. You could say good day. You could say, I mean, you just start your introduction. This is Mr. So-and-so. You, you know, you didn't always, wasn't always like that. And I know that that's weird, but you just didn't always say hello. Weird. It is weird. Yeah. Okay. It is weird. Um, and along with this, a lot of etiquette in the same vein, you know, you, you didn't always say hello, that kind of thing. Who was able to telephone who was governed by social circles? Wait, how so? Well, I mean, first of all, you had to make sure they had a telephone. And yes, if you weren't rich, you probably didn't have a telephone. But were you ever in a scenario where, like, you called the switchboard to, like, connect me with Mr. Stevens? And they were like, no, Mr. Stevens doesn't want to talk to you. Click. Well, you would you would give an address normally, and then if the switchboard girl didn't have a plug for that address, you couldn't talk to them. Got it, got it, got it. Um, so by the 1930s, um, most everyone had a telephone. But the Great Depression came about here in America, and so between 1930 and 1933, over two and a half million Americans just dropped their telephone service. Couldn't afford it. Couldn't pay for it. They all just use their cell phones. Oh, yeah. No. They couldn't afford a landline, but who uses a landline anyways? You know what I mean? No. No? I mean... They really need to rebrand the Great Depression, because, like, it sounds really depressing. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, um, you had to make sure the person you were calling had a telephone, and normally just rich people or, you know, the upper middle class had a telephone, and then... You, it, it was kind of convoluted because you couldn't have your servant call a telephone unless it was in a servant's quarter. So servants were really only supposed to talk to servants. And if you called expecting, so like Mrs. A calls Mrs. B and Mrs. B's servant answers, Mrs. B's servant can take a message but Mrs. B has to call Mrs. A back, even if she's home. Gotcha. It's kind. It's kind of weird, but there was all this kind of like social status, and if you, if your servant called Mrs. B and Mrs. B answered the phone, then Mrs. B could eliminate you from her social circle because she was so incensed that you would have her servant call her private line. This all sounds so structured. This is how I feel every time you talk about like the the knives and forks and like table settings and like how you responded to notes and who said what on the phone and it just oh god this oh it all seems like a bunch of people who had way much way too much free time to be like, how should we answer phones? I don't know. I've got nothing else to worry about. Let's just worry about phones. Then again, I say that, but now, to this day, when my phone rings, I panic. So I guess I still spend a lot of time thinking about answering phones, too. Well, and uh, even even more so, in 1906, there was a manual that said, only in pr- an impromptu dinner can guests be invited to by telephone, telegraph message, or verbal request. Interesting. So you couldn't make dinner plans or social plans over the telephone. It was expected that you would still have a written invitation. Um, and the only way you could do it is if you were having it that night. But maybe if you had so many guests, you wouldn't want to call. I, I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. In 1922, Emily Post was, was doing her thing with her columns. And she had said that all formal invitations should can be sent and answered by telephone. So if... You receive a telephone message invitation. You need to respond with a telephone message, I suppose, or um, accept or decline. Yes. So that's perfectly acceptable by 1922. So things change. It's just so interesting to me to think about, like, how much that has now flip-flop in modern day, where it used to be, like, the it was more formal to get a written 
than to get a phone call where now it's more formal to get a phone call than to get a written text message. Right. But still a paper invitation is considered the most formal. True. But so out of date. <laughs> now it's all I, now it's all evites and emojis. I like to receive paper invitations. I know you do, you dork. <laughs> um so here's a quick list of things that I think are important as far as telephone etiquette. Okay. You should be ready to speak when you call someone. Yeah. I think that you shouldn't just call someone and be like, well, hey, what are you doing? Well, with that, like, doing? call someone while you have a mouthful of food. or Yes. Have you ever had that phone call? Physically and mentally prepared to speak to someone when you call them. Have you ever had that phone call from, like, a business where they, they call and you say hello and they go, hello, could we put you on hold? Or it's like, you called me? Yeah. I hate that so much. That's so frustrating to me. Yeah, it is considered bad etiquette to ask someone the direct question, who are you? You can ask politely and say, who am I speaking with? Now, is that upon, like, if I call you, I can't ask you, or if I call you, you shouldn't ask me? Uh, Both. Okay. When you call someone, you should introduce yourself if they are unfamiliar with you, Um, and the person, and, and you should never say to someone when you're inquiring who they are. The words, who are you? Because it's demeaning. Okay. You so, should say it nicer if you're not sure who the person is or if they haven't introduced themselves. You can ask, who am I speaking with, please? And you should never use the phrase in modern day. You should never use the phrase, am I speaking with the man of the house? It's Ooh, the grossest. Probably oh, not. Oh, God. <laughs> it makes me want to throw up. I said it out loud and it feels stupid. Um, it is... Important that you keep your mouth about one and a half inches from the receiver. Some people get very close to the telephone, and that's not necessary. That garbles the sound. Um, And especially our telephones, our cellular devices these days, are built to span from our ear to our mouth. So if you keep the device at your ear, it's the correct distance from the microphone. Mm-hmm. So there's no need to move it closer to your mouth because that only makes it sound bad. Gotcha. And um, most etiquette experts agree that you should not call someone before 9 a.m. or after 9 p.m. Except an emergency. Yes, of course. And here's a little thing from your West Coast friends. Uh, that 9 a.m., 9 p.m., oh, remember time zones. So it might be 9 a.m. where you are, but it might be 6 a.m. where your friend is. Just a little friendly reminder from me to you. We're going to take a quick break for a word from another Max Fun show, but we're going to be right back with answers to your questions. Comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paula Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> Baby Geniuses, we know everything. Baby Geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hey, you work hard, you play harder, you look great, and you smell fantastic. You deserve a vacation where you can kick back, hone your creativity, enjoy incredible comedy performances, and make some new lifelong friends in a maybe haunted inn in the Poconos Mountains. We've got The Adventure Zone, JJ Go, Joe Firestone's Friends of Single People, plus stand-up from Aparna Nancherla, Phoebe Robinson, Kevin Avery, Joel Kim Booster, and way more. Join us for Max Fun Con East, September 2nd through 4th. There are only 10 rooms left, so head to maxfuncon.com and nail down your tickets today. Like now. Do it. All right. We've got some questions and hopefully some answers. Uh, this question is from Travel Fox on Twitter. When is it acceptable to let a call go to voicemail? Sometimes I just don't want to answer without an underlying excuse. I think that... Um If it's a number that you don't recognize, especially to your cellular device, it's appropriate to let it go to voicemail because you never know who that is. Obviously, you don't recognize it. Um, 
But in general, if you are not able to talk, I think that it's, I mean, I suppose if able or want to talk, um, I think that it's probably more polite to let it go to voicemail and call them back when you're more disposed to speak with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say that if they then call back a second time or even God forbid, a third in quick succession. I think it's always fine to answer and say, hey, I, I'm sorry, could, is there anyone I can call you back later? Like, is it urgent or anything like that? But mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully at that point, they will have left a message detailing why it is so urgent that you speak to them. Uh, this question is from Che the Bearded. How do you know if the convo is appropriate for the phone or if it should be in person? This is interesting. Because I don't believe that you should hide behind a telephone, but I also think that sometimes you cannot get to that person to speak to them face-to-face, and so a telephone call is preferable to waiting it out. Um, So I think that it really just depends on the situation. Um, If I were, say, having a disagreement with a friend, and I wasn't able to speak to them face-to-face, I would want to call them as soon as possible, just so that that sort of thing doesn't fester and grow and you want to clear the air. Do you want to know my little uh, secret secret rule? Sure. So uh, I always think if I would need to read a person's facial expressions to know how to continue with the conversation, like if it's a very delicate conversation where maybe like I'm worried about how they're going to react and that will determine like how I phrase what I say, I'm going to have it in person. If I can't see their face, I'm not going to have it over the phone, you know? And it also comes down to like, is it news that you would want to receive in person? Like a breakup, that kind of thing. Right. I would want that in person. Think that way. but That I also, makes sense. Yeah. But most of the time these days, the brave thing to do is to call someone on the phone to begin with and to not get a text message is already like, hey, good job. Correct. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, this question is from David on Twitter. If disconnected during the phone con- conversation, do I need to call back if both parties were, quote, wrapping it up? I do think that it is good manners to call someone back and at least say, I'm I'm sorry that we got disconnected. Um is there anything else I can help you with, do do for you, something like that, and then say your goodbyes? Now, we got this question a couple of different times. When you do accidentally get disconnected from someone else, is it the job of the person who originally called to call back or the person who was called? I believe it is the job of the person who originally called um, because if you called them that you initiated to begin with and you were interrupted. So it's your initiation to continue. This is the question that we got more than any other question on this episode. And that uh, it's from Lizzie. How do I end my phone calls without just saying, okay, bye. It just feels too informal and abrupt for professional phone calls. Most people are like, how do I end when someone won't keep, won't stop talking? How do I end a phone call period? Um, How do you end a phone call? Um, Well, there are a couple of different things I think you can say. I mentioned a, um, I mentioned etiquette manuals regarding telephone speaking. And in the 40s and 50s, there are several etiquette manuals that would suggest if you needed to leave, it wasn't even rude to stop someone mid-sentence to tell them you were done and say the phrase, I'm sorry, but I have to stop now. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, it also it feels like it would the range of how well you know the person, how comfortable mm-hmm. you are with. Like, if it's my best friend, I'm going to be like, hey, I got to go. I'll, can I call you back? Like, yeah. cool. Or like, hey, was there anything else? Because I'm, you know, I'm about to eat dinner or whatever. Whereas if it's a more professional call saying like, unfortunately, like, you know, I have to go or, you know, I don't ever say I'm going I feel like I need to let you go or I'm going to let you go mm-hmm. or. You seem busy. Because that's all, we've talked about this before, that's all placing it all on the other person, and that creates discomfort. So what you want to do is put it on to yourself and say, um, there's, I don't have any further questions, I'll contact you later if I do, or thank you for your time. Thank you, that was all I needed. Like, thank you, that was all I needed. If I can think of anything else, or if you need anything from me, let me know. Yeah, any of that stuff, I think, uh, is is better than, okay, bye. 
especially since you always run the risk of someone if they, especially if they are the type of person who's just rambling and doesn't realize that the conversation is done, you run the risk of if you say like, well, I think I need to let you go or you seem busy, that they're going to say, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Right. And you're like, oh, oh, that gambit didn't work. So it's better to put it on yourself and say like, well, I need to go take care of some things, you know, or just say like, okay, well, that was all I needed. Like. You always tell me that I'm 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 very bad in life at trying to make excuses and not excuses like to get me out of trouble, but giving way too much justification for why I need to get off the phone right. or why I can't attend a party or why I wasn't able to do something instead of just saying like, OK, well, I need to go. Thank you very much. Right. And I'll talk to you later. Exactly. Uh, this question is from Rachel. I'm annoyed by people that don't say anything when they hang up. Is that justified or am I being a snob? I actually know that this is one of Teresa's big pet peeves in movies and TV shows when someone's like, yeah, blah, 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 click. And it's like, wait, nobody said hello. I would have said goodbye. Nobody says goodbye in TVs and movies. Why? That's so fun. I always want that scene to end like this. Hello? Steve? I wasn't done. <laughs> also, I can tell you where the bomb is. Okay. I'll call you back. I mean, like, how does anybody know that there wasn't anything else? Like, there's a scene in Parks and Rec where um, Leslie is calling April, and Leslie keeps talking, and April is just hung up yeah. on her. Like, Wow, did you just hung up on her? No, she'd already hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that, that you should say bye. At the very least, or you at should least give, thank you. You should give the opportunity to wrap up. You know, even if you don't literally say goodbye, thank you for talking to me. Something that's like, okay, well, I need to run. Um, you know, can you think of anything else? Thank or? you, the end. Yeah. <laughs> Thus ends this conversation. Another conversation closed with Travis McElroy. Yeah, I'll talk to you again soon. Any of that stuff. Um, Adam wants to know, if someone doesn't leave a voicemail, would one assume that means call me back when you have time, not an emergency? I, that is what I assume. Um, if it's important enough, they will leave a message. And if it's not very important, then they'll just have to call you back at a different time. Um, now, you mentioned earlier that they may want to speak with you directly and call several times in succession. And if that happens, I would assume it is emergency. You should also, though, uh, don't abuse the ease with which we are able to contact each other these days. Where if it is not an emergency, do not behave as though it is an emergency because you just want to talk to them. Like if you have a question about where something is in your house, calling someone like eight times till they answer or texting them and saying, I need to talk to you right away and interrupting something very important they might be doing is very bad manners. If it's not an emergency, don't treat it like it's an emergency. I, I think that there is a difference between an emergency and urgency mm -hmm. you need to decide if the thing that you are calling about is simply urgent which may be urgent to you and not to other people or if it is an emergency in general i think that these days we have grown all too accustomed to like so for example if someone is driving their car if they're out and about in the world it's perfectly acceptable for them not be able to be able to answer your calls or text you back right away. Correct. But you will see people in the world that if they don't get a response within 20 minutes are sitting there going, what? why is it? Why? I need to know the answer to who was the third James Bond or whatever. It was Roger Moore. But the <laughs> idea of like people like getting very upset that they don't get immediate response is a problem that I have seen develop over the 32 years of my life that didn't used to happen when everybody just had landlines. I think it's because people are so available. Um, we carry our cell phones in our pockets and purses, and we are immediately reachable at any point. Um, and so I, I definitely agree that maybe we need to be a little less reachable. At some point. And everybody accept that. It's okay. Like, if you're at dinner, don't answer your phone. And if someone doesn't answer their phone, don't freak out. It's going to be okay. Um, this is a good question from Logan that I've run into many times in my life. If a person is trying to sell me something, can I interrupt their pitch to tell them I am uninterested or should I let them talk? I believe that you can interrupt their pitch. If you are not accepting solicitations over the telephone, you are welcome to say that. I'm sorry, I don't accept solicitations over the phone. And you can also ask them to be placed on their do not call list. 
Um, there are national do not call lists that people can get on. Um, and as long as you are polite and courteous, I don't see why not. Let them know that it's not something you're interested in. Let's do a little role play. Okay. First, you call me. Hello, May. Speak with Mr. McElroy. Uh, this is he. Yes, I was wondering if you were interested in... I'm going to stop you. I'm not interested. Click. Okay, now we'll try again. Okay. I'll call you. Okay. Hello, is this uh, Teresa McElroy? Yes, this is Teresa McElroy speaking. Oh, um, I was just wondering, uh, I'm calling from Time Warner Cable. Um, have you heard about all of our packages and we've got cable and all this stuff? And Sir, I am not interested at this, at this time. Thank you very much. Okay, great. Thank you. See the difference? I was goof, isn't that scary? I want to make that. I was wrong, if that wasn't clear. My way was wrong. Um, so, <laughs> I like that. That's fun. We should do more, um, more. I was about to say role play, but that could be taken the wrong way. Um, this is from Travis. It's a great name. Um, can I text people asking for them to call me when they have time, or should I just call instead? I think that after the first phone call, um, when you attempt to reach them and they are not available, then you can text and say, I, I called you this morning. Let me, uh, give me a phone call back when you're available. I think that's perfectly fine. Um, but to text someone without attempting to call them, uh, kind of shifts the, the responsibility onto them for something that you wanted. So, you need to attempt the phone call first in order to initiate that conversation. You also need to think about, I, because God, this has happened to me too many times in my life, the what someone might inaccurately infer when you say like, hey, I need to talk to you when you get a second. Hey, call me whenever you get a chance. Mm. Where they might not hear like, hey man, whenever you get a chance, give me a call. They might just hear, I need to talk to you. Yes. Yeah. Which leads me to this question from Boat Mom on Twitter. I get really annoyed when voicemails don't state what the person called about. Is that considered normal? Um, I do think that you should state a small, brief message. Just checking in to see how you were doing. That's enough. Um, Or I need to talk to you in regards to the F-16 contract. Wow, those two things are way different. I was just trying to see how the vacation went. I was just trying to see if you killed somebody. (laughs) Um... I, yeah, definitely. Only because, like, it's a good gauge of, do I need to, like, walk out of this meeting or this dinner or this other conversation with a friend? Is this important? Is it urgent? Is it an emergency? Or is it at my leisure? This is from Early Gothic Nerd on Twitter. Is it okay to check your phone for text during a dinner when you are sitting with others? I don't think so, unless you are expecting some sort of communication and it is urgent. I think we all spend too much time looking at our phones instead of engaging in conversation. So I always encourage the people I am dining with to leave their phone face down on the table or in their pocket. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see where like if you were parents out on the town, where you and you're like you had a babysitter at home with your kids mm-hmm. where you may want to like every couple minutes like peek at your phone. I get that. But if you're on a date, do not check your phone. It basically just tells the other person in a nonverbal way, hey, this is more important than you right now. Aziz Ansari has a great book called Modern Love. And then he did a stand up special about it, too. But in the book, he talks about that, like, if you think about how our communication used to be where like, if I made plans with you over the landline phone and we were like, we're going to meet at the mall at three. Like the only way you wouldn't show up is like, if you were dead or like something <laughs> bad happened. But now at like two fifty nine, you might get a text. that's like, Hey, I'm not able to make it. Cause it's so easy for us to like, keep our like schedules open and pay attention for other more important invites, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so that's how it reads. If you're checking your messages, it really sends the message of like, yeah, but like what else is going on in the world? It's It ain't cool. Only do it if you have to. I do believe that phones can uh, facilitate discussion. Um, the really great thing about smartphones these days is you can, you can answer any kind of trivia question. If everyone's having an argument about who is the third James Bond, 
It's Roger Moore, but yeah, it's yeah. Roger Moore. Um, Technically, it's okay. It's okay. actually Sean Connery because it went Sean Connery and then George Lazenby the and then Sean Connery did another one and then Roger Moore went. So, like, if you're talking about in succession, it would be Sean Connery. But the third different human being to play James Bond would be Roger Moore. Okay, going. And then it was Timothy Dalton. If nobody at and your then table, it was Pierce Brosnan, and then it uh, then Daniel Craig. Okay, sorry, going. If nobody and also there was a, a Tim Allen, not Tim Allen, what, Allen. What is it? Uh, there's a whole another one where it was like a comedic one of Casino Royale with Woody Allen. Woody Allen also played James. Okay, Bond. jokes over. Okay, Thank you. I'm done. Yes. Thank you. If no one at your table has the level of expertise of James Bond that my husband Travis McElroy does, it can settle an argument pretty quickly. But you know what? Sometimes the argument is the fun part. Have you heard about the game? There's a I've heard about this before, but I've never actually done it in practice where everybody like puts their phones on the table and like the first person to check their phone has to pay for dinner. I have heard about this. I think that that's that would be a fun game unless you were the person to check your phone. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is from Emily. Is there an acceptable window of time to call someone again, even after leaving a message, especially about a time-sensitive issue? So if you call someone, they don't answer, you leave a message, you don't hear from them, how long do you have to wait before you can call back? Um, my rule is if I call someone in the morning, I can call you again in the afternoon if I haven't heard from you. So if it's before noon... And I called you. I have to wait until afternoon to call you again. I always wait at least three hours because maybe they're in a movie. That's kind of my always base okay. justification of maybe they're in a movie or a meeting or something like three hours is a good window of like I give them plenty of time. Maybe they're napping. Who, who knows? Right. But also I subscribe to the, um, the two phone call limit where if I need to speak with someone, I call them. I leave a message. I call them a second time later. And then after that, that's all I can do. I'm not going to hound someone down in order to speak with them. If they wish to speak with me, they will call me back. Um, We got this question a lot. So basically, I'll just break it down like this. People want to know when someone calls you and they say like, am I speaking with Teresa McElroy or is this Teresa McElroy? The proper response, because for some people, it feels weird just to say like, yes, or yes, it is Teresa McElroy. Is there a proper response to... Uh, like, with whom am I speaking, or is this Teresa McElroy? Um, you can say, yes, this is she. But then, you, <laughs> but, but here's the thing, that, that pause, that I think that's the catch of, like, then you need to say, like, yes, this is she, what is this regarding? Yes, this is she, how can I help you? Yes, this is, this is she, and who is who am I speaking with? Certainly. Oh, any of those three? Any of those. Man, I nailed it. Because I usually just answer and if someone says, like, is this Travis McElroy? I just go, indeed, tis. <laughs> you do not. And that really, it helps. You answer your phone. You say, yes, hello. Yes, hello. You never say who it is. That is correct. I, When I answer my phone, I say, hello, this is Teresa. I don't want to give them that much information. I like to listen to them fumble through my name really hard <laughs> every time. But it's also just like, in this day and age where there's spammers and everything, I, I don't like to feed anybody. Inf- yes, hello is a good way to go. Like, I've answered, and it's your turn to tell me why you got put them a little bit on the spot. I do a little bit of mind games on the old phone, the oh old telephone. Um, um, so here's just kind of a general question from Kyle. How do you leave a voicemail? I always seem to lose human speech at the tone. Uh, well, there are some main points that you need to hit. You need to hit your name. You need to, even in the age of caller ID, you need to leave your telephone number clearly and slowly. You should leave a brief message um, about what it is you are inquiring. And if it's a business phone call, you should probably leave your number a second time before um, before you hang up. Feel free to also mention what time you would be available to receive a return call. Um, so you can say, I'm available this afternoon after three, if you'd like to speak with me, any that's, those are great. Um, I think you would never want to leave, um, leave a message like you were actually speaking to that person, but you would want to leave a message that would fit on a post-it note if someone was going to write it down for another person. Um, this question is from Amy. What is the best way to answer someone else's phone if they have their hands full or otherwise occupied and their phone rings and they ask you to answer it? 
Um, well, I often do this for you while you're driving. And I usually say, hello, this is Travis's phone, Teresa speaking. So you let someone know that they have reached the phone they are attempting to reach and that they are not speaking with the owner of the phone. Um, do you want to know a fun phone thing that I just remembered? So I, when I worked at Best Buy, the two jobs that I did the longest were when I worked phone sales and I had to answer the phone every time. Thank you for calling Best Buy. This is Travis. How can I help you? Or uh, when I worked security for nine months, I was the dude at the front, you know, mm-hmm. in the yellow shirt. And every time someone would walk in, I would say like, you know, welcome to Best Buy. How can I help you? And to the point where I programmed myself. And if I was like answering my cell phone, I would say, thank you for calling Best Buy. I help you. <laughs> and one time I was sitting, I was at a bar and I was at a booth right next to the door and someone walked in and I turned and said, welcome to Best Buy. How can I help you? And they looked at me with the weirdest look on their face. Hopefully they just assumed you were intoxicated. I just immediately went, I'm sorry. Uh, go on about your, do you want a TV? No, no okay, you're fine. Uh, oh, okay. This is a good last one. This is from Steven. What do you say when the person who answers says you have the wrong number? Okay, sorry, thank you. And I will also turn this around and say, what happens when someone calls you? What do you say when they have the wrong number? Um, I think that it's a good idea to double check the number you thought you were calling, um, just so you don't multiple (laughs) wrong call them. Um, So someone picks up, I say, hello, may I speak with Joan? They say, I'm sorry, I think you have the wrong number. Then you say, oh, I was trying to reach 555-6789. Is that not this? They say, oh, no, this is 555-6779. Oh, thank you very much. I apologize. Goodbye. And then what do you do when you call? And they, oh, you just did that. Right. So they call you. This is another fun phone, Travis McRoy phone tale. Um, my cell phone number for a long time, I guess it's different now, was one digit different from a guy who fired my dad. Oh, my goodness. In Huntington. So, like, people would call asking, for a while, when I was 18 and 19, I would say, <laughs> oh, he's dead. Um, <laughs> I don't know that that's good schmanners, but I thought it was really funny. Um, but, so what do you do when someone calls and you say, because this is happening before, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. And they say, no, I don't, or something along those lines. Is it safe at that point just to hang up? I think um, if, you, if you are in a generous mood, you can tell them the phone number they have actually reached. You've reached this number. Um, uh, sorry, that's not who you were trying to reach. Or, or there is no one by that name here. This is my phone number. Um, But if you're not feeling generous to someone who is so rude to you, I think you can hang up. Perfect. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, in general, I think there's way more to mine here out of phone calls, especially when we talk more about smartphones and texting and everything like that. So we will probably do a whole other episode, but I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I want to say first, uh, so my friend Tybee and I, we do a podcast called Interrobang with Travis and Tybee, where we talk about the things in our life that are frustrating us and the things about the world that are frustrating us. And we try to not only be frustrated by it, but actually try to like figure it out um, and, you know, kind of question ourselves about how we feel about it and do a little bit more of like an introspective conversation about it. And we are doing our first ever live show. It's coming up. August 13th at the three clubs here in Los Angeles. So if you are in the LA area or if you're willing to make a trip, I think it's going to be a super fun show. August 13th, it's going to be at 7.30 p.m. Doors are at 7 and tickets are only $8. You can buy them at the door or if you're interested in getting them in advance, you can PayPal us in tarotbangcast at gmail.com. And if you've never listened to the show, I'm very proud of it. And I would really appreciate it if you would go take a look. Uh, I also want everyone to know that we, the McElroys, are teaming up with the people at the game Monikers uh, to make a McElroy-themed expansion of Monikers. Um, Monikers is a great game if you've never played it. Um, It's similar to Celebrity, but it's much more codified, and, like, the uh, cards have different point values depending on how hard the name or, you know, noun on the card is to guess. And, you know, so we're doing all McElroy-themed cards. Adventure Zone, My Brother, My Brother, Me, Schmanners. They're all going to be in there. Uh, you can check it out at McElroyCollection.com. The expansion is only $10, and you can get the expansion and the base game for only $35. we are doing a very limited sale of it. We're doing a pre-sale that ends in, like, two weeks, I think. And then after that, we're not going to be selling them anymore. So go check it out, McElroyCollection.com. 
I'd like to thank everyone for being so active in the Facebook group and always being very polite. I do appreciate that. Um, we're getting lots of uh, show suggestions, and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. This show on telephone communication was suggested by Cassie Schaefe. Um, so in thank general, you very much, Kate, Cassie. Uh, in general, if you're looking for like suggestions or you want to make a suggestion, the more like the more etiquette there actually is on it, we never want to do shows where it's just us telling people how rude and terrible they are. We want to like that's actually, not fun for us. Yeah, really. that's not fun, and I, that just always feels combative to us. And what we want is for us all to go on a journey together where we all learn and grow together rather than a chance for us to all vent and talk about how terrible people are. So when you're trying to pick topics, think of stuff that like you might be actually confused by or that like telephone etiquette, I think is a thing that people are really going like, how do I leave a voicemail? What do I say on the phone? Like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, we all really need help with that. So just think about that when you're planning a suggestion. Um, I also want to say people have sent us a lot of really nice stuff in our uh, Schmanners PO box. Uh, which we appreciate. I do want to kind of get out ahead of the game and say that since we are moving, um, I'm official. If you haven't sent it already, don't send anything right now. Um, once we have a new PO box set up in Cincinnati, we will let everyone know. But for the time being, I just don't want anything to get lost in the mail. If you've already sent something, we're still going to be in town for like another five weeks. So we'll still be able to get it. Um, but if you can stop from this point forward, maybe don't send anything else. Um, but we do appreciate everything we've received so far. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you. And as always, thank you to Brent Brendelfloss Black for our theme song and the ringtone that is available on iTunes that he made of our theme song. Um, thank you to Kayla M. Wassel for all of our thumbnail art and banner art. It's lovely. Please go check out her portfolio. Uh, we also want to say thank you to MaximumFun.org for hosting the show. If you haven't gone and checked out all the other amazing shows on Maximum Fun, you are missing out. Um, we're also very excited. Teresa and I are going to be at MaxFunCon East. Um, I'm going to be doing an Adventure Zone show, and Teresa will be silently judging everyone's manners. So <laughs> I would never. I know you wouldn't, dear. But we you will... know I prefer to lead by example. This is true. She will, she will be showing everyone how it's done. Um, but mostly, we'll just be like hanging out with everybody. So if you're going to be there, we are excited to see you there. If you aren't, don't have tickets yet, I think there's a few left. Uh, you can go to maxfuncon.com and see if you are still able to attend. It's going to be super fun. Um, but go check out all the other amazing shows on Maximum Fun. And, um, you know, thank you to Emily Post. Of course, always. Um, and you know what? Thanks, Alexander Graham Bell, for beating that guy whose name I've already forgotten. <laughs> Elijah. Elijah Gray. That's right. Yes. Um, and that's going to do it for us. Join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners. Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.